Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Future 
New Year's goals in mind, this will be a great start, and even to have the book on your shelf as well. So Thank I you. guess we could start off by, you're welcome, Patricia. I guess we could start off by asking what brought the intentions of you writing this book? Because I think you kind of started having your plans out when you was in your 20s. <laughs> it started very early, but the intention for the book, to uh, it, it, it's so about you. It's about the people, the audience. I I felt that my life had gone up and down so many spirals and vortexes, and every time I landed on my feet, I would say, okay, now what's next? And when I made the decision that the book was really going to become a wisdom tool, a, a valuable um, vehicle that I could share, you know, my experiences, my story, and I wanted to help people. I really believe that there are some answers out there for people to help them shift and change where they're at and choices can be made that will offer them better resolutions. And right. that was really the impetus there. It's amazing how we're discussing this. And I was watching the episode of Walker, Texas Ranger before the show. And the, the point of the episode was to teach young convicts um, about making the right choices. And that is all true in life. You can either make a choice the fast way or you can make a choice the good and smart way that apparently a lot of people don't want to do. That's just opposed to people want to do stripping opposed to working a nine to five. Then uh, the consequences is you might have your name out there publicly um, humiliated. And then if you work a nine to five, then people say, oh, yeah, she's working a good job. And I guess we can also use the example of this, this tragedy going on in Missouri right now. And I'm so oh. sorry for this tragedy, but... You know, so Patricia, we've been going, through, we've been going through this for so many years, especially with black people. We've been going through this, and this is a way for us to express ourselves. But we got to think logically. This is not the way to honor Michael Brown by burning up buildings. And now, people, I'm sorry, but I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, with you too, and that's not the way to do it. Don't start breaking up the banks. We need that. I mean, I understand that you're fierce, you're upset, but we got to stay smart. We got to. And, and to be honest with you, I wasn't there. I understand the scenario and everything, but I wasn't there. I wasn't there when he got shot. I don't know the whole story. All I'm hearing, I, I hear from the grieving parents. I'm hearing from the officer's side. So we're on both sides of the fence, and I can't go on one side because I'm black, and I can't go against him because I'm black. You know, I, I just can't do that, and I don't want to sound like I don't care because I do care. But at the same time, I got to be reasonable. I, you know, I, I, I wasn't there in Missouri, and I just hope that this resolution can come to an end point, but they cannot go around burning up buildings. That's not the answer to this. No, that doesn't that, solve that, anything. It creates a, an it, increase in, in people's emotional um, drive. And I think one of the points that you've just made is there's an attachment to wanting to do the right thing, and right, but at the is. same time... You, you, we are we we need to practice mindfulness, and I think that mindfulness is being fully present in the moment, without judgment, and taking the experience without attachment to it. And we hope that the best outcome will be for all humans, black, right. white. It does not matter yeah. what race. We have a heart. Right. We have a soul. We have to work within the energy field, and. It does take discipline, and probably it's going to take greater action by governing bodies in different ways, 
I don't want to mention, you know, who's right or who's wrong because I wasn't right. there as right. well. But it's triggering. Right. It's triggering so much emotion in all of us that it our, our it it's our checklist inside. I think you know that. Are we creating a further seeding of anger, or or maybe is this really going to purge through the deep, deep, dark levels and complex layers of hatred that have existed in all of humanity? Doesn't matter what color you are, religion, race, right. it doesn't matter. But no I matter. think there's a lot of right. people that want to see it change, and and maybe this will be the way it will happen. Maybe we will all unite again. Right. We we will. We're gonna all come together and you know what? It doesn't matter if you want it or not. God got his own time and you know, you could be an atheist, whatever you wanna be, more power to you, but at the same time, God got the last say so here. So that's why I'm glad we got you on for karma, because if you think you're getting away with something, karma will come back and bite you in the butt. If if Officer <laughs> Wilson is guilty, he will get his punishment. If he's not, yeah. they're so on to him and his happy married life and him welcoming a new baby into his life. Because at the moment, as Patricia and I said, we was not there. We only have the outcome. And I think we get this outcome because the racial intentions do come about, regardless. Regardless, if he's not guilty, he's going to be guilty in the eyesight of so many black people or whoever else because of that tension of what we've been through. So the question brings back to, is he guilty because you saw him kill Michael Brown, or is he guilty because of what we've been through so much through enslavement? That's the question that we got to sit down. And as you said, Patricia, we got to be mindful. We got to practice that. And I know that's so hard for people to understand that, but you got to. Because either way, you're going to either be dead with Michael Brown or you're going to be locked up. You keep burning these right. buildings down. And then where the business going to go? I mean, we, we got to think. And then people talking about um, partitioning against black um, Black Friday. Well, I'm sorry to say, but that's not going to happen. I, I'm not even. I'm not even going to petition against it because hey, I like a deal. I'm a mother and I need a good deal, so I'm not even going to petition against that. So you can ask me off on that. But like, like right. we said, I hope a good outcome do come out of this for justice for him. I, I do for anybody who's been murdered. I know we have cases where people been murdered, and I just hope a comment to this vote. We're not gonna get that answer. God gonna have to. God gonna have to step in this. But um, but like I said, Patricia, thank you for being on the show. This is a great time for this. What's the story behind this book? What brought out this? Um, I had choices to make in in my life, and when I made them, there were moments when I I was, you know, one of my stories that really deeply uh, has more of a shock value for me than probably for the reader but I was on a on a runaway horse on the Trans-Canada Highway and when I was in my early 20s and I had to make a decision if I was going to uh be killed on the highway by the by you know being thrown off the horse or if I had to take my my chances and and possibly die by falling off the like like jumping off the horse literally at 40 45 miles per hour and I looked up, and there was a uh, uh, transport truck that was coming down the highway facing us. And all I could feel was the, you know, the end of my my life. I thought I have to make a decision. I may not make it. And in that moment, with as much faith I could muster inside of me, I detached 
my mind from pain and suffering, from an outcome, and I just gave it up and I said, whatever is going to happen is what's going to happen. And I slid off the back of the horse, I hit the, the highway, and I believe I, I died. I was um, unconscious. Wow. Yes, and and I don't know the length of time after, but let's track forward and I all of a sudden felt that my head was waking up and it was a very, very frightening experience. And I lived. I believe that God basically gave me a, a chance to have a continuum of life. But after that experience, <clears throat> just like other people have had to make choices, um, and if they've ever had something like that happen, you have to go to a place where you believe that... There was a sacred, divine moment that took place. I did. I believe that. And all of a sudden, I realized that we all have a precious gift of life. And I saw people completely differently. I survived. I I really and truly then afterwards had even more unbelievable experiences that I became a, a person who really fell in love with the opportunity to be alive, no matter what was put in front of me. And in the book... I do share some other experiences that many people, many listeners are going to say, that happened to me or this happened to me and how could you get through it? Well, the emotions that I had were like holding secrets and we all hold secrets, don't we? (laughs) Sometimes to protect ourselves, sometimes to protect others. And I had to be mindful. I was angry. I had bitterness. I had sadness. I went through, I lost my father on my 25th birthday. I had fear. I had to forgive people and we had cancer going through our family and some other pretty nasty things and I said but there has to be a solution and in this universal language of my heart I said I'm going to look and I'm going to persuade myself to believe that my life has great purpose and that all these people whether you know they're suffering or not suffering I'm I'm part of their their world and I recognize that we all have a problem so <clears throat> as the years and years have gone by and I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I've had to go through these things. I feel as if I might be a mirror when someone reads my book that they're going to say, ah, I, I recognize that that was something that was, you know, part of my world. And in neuroplasticity, in neuroscience, you know, we have a call to action. And whatever fires together, wires together. So if you want to continue being angry and or you want to continue having hatred or, you know, believe that the job that you're doing is, is, you know, oh, poor me, and you don't want to change. Well, if you're thinking that, you're telling your entire being, your energy, your body, your mind, that that's the limitation. And I, I'd like to see that my book is a mirror of an inside message that when you read it, I have another um, character that I bring into the book, and that's the wisdom auditor. And the wisdom auditor basically arrives to point out a state of, of being where you actually are at that pivotal moment of enlightenment where you can say, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I understand this. And, and the wisdoms that I'm able to provide in my in my words through my experience, it's really about you. It's really about all of us. And I think that sharing it in the way I have gives people hope and, and that they might have an opportunity to promote themselves with you know what, I can do this. And there's lots of books that have inspired me and a lot of great, great people that have inspired me. But you always find, 
you know, is this my time? And I think I felt strong enough to say, no matter what happens, this is my time to just simply share. And I know so far people have been learning. Right. It's a, but, you know, speaking of wisdom, it does. It takes people so much time to just gain that wisdom. And that wisdom comes from God. But I think some well, I think you found yours pretty early. But some it takes to you 40 or 50 years old before you really understand life and growing to really just gain that wisdom. And, you know, that that made me think about what you said when you said you survived that train, that, that incident with the train. I was thinking on page 7 of your book. The grafting into the spirit of our self-love is vital to survival. Yes. Oh, boy. You know, Technisha, when you are living every day of your life, you're looking to discover the why within you. We wake up in the morning sometimes and we say, oh, why do I have to go through this? Why did my mother call me and tell me whatever? Why did my, you know, boss say something? Or why do I have to be the person? And... And we have to understand, whether you believe in whatever religion or whatever tradition, you are you are a being with a soul, and you have a sacred journey. And if in Karmic Alibi I'm able to expedite, and that's part of the tagline of my book, Gaining Expedient Wisdom by Leaving Your Excuses Behind, then learn from some of the lessons of people who are able and have the courage. It took me a lot of courage to want to say the words out loud, write them even to myself, like re-experience some things, and then decide whether or not I was still going to be angry. No, I was going to forgive. I'm only living right now. Why do I want to live holding on to all that anger and angst and hatred and, and in the past when I have the I have a beautiful I have beautiful grandchildren right now. My mind needs to be placed in the moment right now without judgment of the past and have a forgiving soul so that I can contribute. And that's a really big part of my why. I believe in contributing to the world, adding value, impact through my voice, through my spiritual wisdom combined with whatever the experiences I've had. Amen. Oh, speaking of grandchildren, how how is everyone doing? Your daughter, Kyra, your husband? They're all fantastic. Thank you so much, Technisha, for asking. It's and you're going through. You know, you're going to have your Thanksgiving, and it's a joyous time. Uh, we've had our Thanksgiving here, but um, you know, it's it's now we're preparing for Christmas, so it's it's going to be a very joyful time. You know, something when you uh, offer your time. So, Patricia, where are you? You are in Canada. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes, so one of my guests did tell me that. He t- he told me that, too. He said, we already had our Thanksgiving because I'm a waitress for the Marriott. And he said, we already did our Thanksgiving. I said, oh, so I lost something <laughs> new. You know, it's, it's yeah. amazing how around the world everybody's celebrating their holidays before you. It's, it is. It's just so amazing. I love it. Now you already planned <laughs> on Christmas. See, it's the end of the game before us. But, you oh, know, I, I know. think because God loves you know, it brings me to that point when you're just speaking on wisdom and knowing it so much. I think because God loves us, we don't need to worry about the future and definitely don't worry about your past. You look at your past to move forward. And I think he has a plan for us, not only for our lives, but also for every problem we face. And I think today is the day, or whenever you feel like it, please let it be today, to renew your trust in God and hit the bill to provide the wisdom you need. You know, at, so Patricia... What brought you to that point of just no more excuses? I'm not going to do this. It's time for me. This is my choice right now. 
when I saw people change, because I changed. When I, honestly, okay. when I started to really reevaluate how was I responding to what was in front of me, and I said, "Wow, I'm offering my time and my space to people who are in need now, and I'm not going to hold judgment. I'm not going to have an attitude." And when I changed my attitude, I really and I started really following, you know, the golden rule, believing that. Okay, I have made lots of mistakes in my life and I've made bad choices, but they don't exist in my world right now. So why am I why am I punishing myself? I want to I want to be clear and free. So prayers, meditation, being mindful. I went back to the University of Toronto and I studied transformative mindfulness and applied mindfulness and you know, started a very significant meditation practice and I started calming and abiding and started feeling that I could I was really in control of me and and when you do that then you see how people respond around you instead of me responding with the same mirror you know you scream at me technicia what's my response I'm going to scream back at you right <laughs> because that's our nature like you're an octave higher than me I'm going to be an octave higher than you but when you don't do that when I when I stopped, you know, following everybody else's pattern and I stayed very within my mind, really clear, a lot of clarity about I'm not going to fall for someone else's emotion. I want to try and rationalize or I walk away. And when I started seeing people come back to me and say, well, girl, you know, did you just walk away from me? And I'd say, yeah, because I don't want to hurt you with my words. My words are deep and cutting. If I pull them out of a bag and I want to start using them, you're never going to forget my words. And I don't want to do that. I'm going to love you from my heart. And that's hard exactly, to do. You can't, you can't retract those words once they're out there. There's no <laughs> reversing it. You know, There's I guess no fishing a lot rod of people, out there. It's not. But you know what's so amazing is that you discovered you discovered this way of the world not being the way you wanted it to be at a very young age. At I think at the age of ten, perhaps. Yes, yes. I tried to save the world. Remember. <laughs> Who would think a 10-year-old got time to be thinking about that when there's dogs to be played with or Play-Doh? But it's like God took his, and that's what's so mysterious about God. I love him because he will find whoever to put his spirit or to carry out his mission for him. You could be you could be 10 years old or 12. It doesn't matter. If he wants to use you, that's what he's going to do. And I think he found that purpose with you to use you, to guide you. And that's why this book is out. And I just hope so many people would just understand that today. And get this. It's not about trying to change your view on of the way of you thinking of the world. It's just to get you on that right path. Because karma, cause, cause you can have good karma and you can have bad karma. And the bad, mm-hmm. I don't want the bad one. <laughs> Do you, but but you do you, I also think and maybe you might agree with me here too um when we are in a situation sometimes with people we also judge what their response is going to be back to us and if i do something really good and let's say it's it's like a wimpy thing and i'm going to think oh my gosh like i can't really do that because the people who are looking at me are going to say oh you know that's not cool and this is one of the problems, yeah. I think, with bullying and with kids, like the gangs. You know, that they, they, they have to be part of something, and there's always going to be the alpha, you know, that's going to come out and be the leader, and all the followers are going to be there. But they're not standing up to who they are because maybe they're not raised that way. Maybe they just don't have the discipline. But we have to we have to be as elders, as, as adults, as, as young as we can be to, to be mindful of that and start 
acting differently ourselves. And then we raise the bar, we raise the the um, energy around our our teens and our kids, so that they start feeling that they're worthy, and that even if they do have an opinion about something, they can stand on it, and they can say, you know what, you're not right. Don't walk in there and steal that candy bar, or 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 don't swear at your mother, or don't hit your your brother or your sibling. Like, start acting nice and and see the better results. You can be rewarded by having a calmer, longer, better life with nice people around you. Now that might seem a little bit, you know, shishi, but guess what? It's it's probably workable and it it's something that's just about an attitude. It it is. You give out good you give out positive feedback, you get positive feedback. Well if you want to be nasty about it and start giving out the negative, then expect the negative to come back and bite you hard in the behind. That's part of that's life right. and that's reality. I mean, no Bible gonna put it as simple as that. That's that's no sugar on top. So let's um now you know, I think the karmic alibi it started from that as well as with your mother too. And I really that really touched me. If by anybody having a mother and really love your mother, that would touch you in this book. I just felt so angry just to know how can you take advantage of somebody who's not even a threat to you and hit them with a bat and just leave them in their own pool of blood to to die? That's so cruel. Like, you have no heart. There's no soul. Oh. You know, you you grow up thinking that every it's it's you know your your house is your temple it's your ivory tower no matter if it's a a one room house or a, a 20 bedroom home and uh m- my mother has always been just so like the finest woman and just coming home from work and then she, you know being a- attacked on the street for her purse which only had like 15 or 16 dollars in it if that oh, and left her for dead and it it was for us as a family our coping mechanism everyone dealt with it very differently but the amount of grief that we had to support her and also anger but my mother proved a lesson to me years now later that she's forgiven them she she has abs- and she goes to church every you know saturday night and sunday and she says i pray for those kids who you know hopefully they turn their life around and you know, maybe they have a conscience, and if they don't, it's not up to me any longer. It's it's I I had to deal with what I had to do, and my mom believes she had the opportunity to have that experience, live through it, and she opened up a part of her heart that this lifetime has given her that the benefit of of having. But it it really truly was something, and I know many many people, many of the people in this world are are suffering from various types of abuse whether they've gone through you know family problems or or just you know a lot of spousal abuse doesn't matter what it is and you hold that inside you hold it in a place where you you know sometimes you don't feel you can get out of it and just sitting alone with yourself and realizing that is it going to really make a difference in my mind, in my life right now? Make better choices. First of all, make better choices for yourself and for your family. You owe that to yourself, number one. And the second thing is, whatever has happened, it is over. A person will change when they're ready to change, and if they're never going to change, as long as you're not part of that, you're not fueling. You're no longer part of part of that fueling of, of you know what they're doing. You've moved forward. You've got to persuade yourself at all times that you are the most important divine sacred being on this earth and you've got to live according to that. 
Right. And that's the hardest thing to just forgive somebody who hurt you. I mean, you thinking like that that's not fair. And and the question I guess goes back to who are you helping most when you forgive a person who hurt you? Actually, you're helping yourself more than the other person. Cuz I always looked at forgiving the people who hurt me as that's that's really it is. It's really hard and I thought it in my mind it's so unfair to for them to receive forgiveness when I'm the one who who got hurt. I'm the one in pain. But you know, I'm I'm just so glad your mother made it through. She had a Thank friend you. who helped her. Thank you. So yep. did her did her and the gentleman did they ever get married? Oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> you know what? After he swept her up off her feet and 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 looked after her, they they chose to obviously stay together. They they did not get married, but they um, you know they lived a beautiful life until prostate cancer actually took his life, and my mom was there to close his eyes. So they really lived a beautiful you know karma together. And my mom's really happy now. She's a, a great grandmother, and she's looking after. You know her herself really kindly, and uh, it's beautiful. But you know, Technisha, I just want to go back and mention something to you. When I was also, it's not in the book, but when I was living my my banker life, when I was a teller at the bank, I'd been held up at the bank three, four, five, six times at gunpoint in in our wow. branches, one one directly at me. And and at that moment, when you're you're a you know, a, a woman, you're working at your job, and all of a sudden you're standing there face-to-face with somebody who wants to obviously get all the cash out of the drawer. And it's it's so surreal to think about what's in the mind of that person because they are living with so much more fear than you are, really. And right. that also was a trigger for me. Every single time I would have to go through an experience like that. And while you don't want to live you know, in fear, it makes you become more aware of how you need to live your life. And I think that one big lesson for me was I needed to become a contributor, a really good contributor. And I joined, you know, Helping United Way, Big Sister, you know, Big Brother, like whatever organizations were in our community mission services. And I think that when you can... You can reach out to the people who are also suffering. They are they're they're your equal. You you don't know what could happen to you tomorrow. You could lose everything. Um, you could become an invalid and really have to look out and and say to people like I need help. So while we live in our ivory tower mind that you know nothing's ever going to happen to me, I think we have to keep our why very clear and then we also have to become a believer in contributing so that you're serving and even if you don't think you have any money that you don't have the ability to to offer somebody something you know just pay it forward even with your words smile right that's all you got to do but i want you to keep smiling right now listeners and stay tuned for more patricia gaggett we will be right back after this short commercial break There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Hey, Billy. Want to go to the state fair? Yeah! Well, you can't. Well, you see, Billy, when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have done with it. 
But now your parents are becoming energy efficient. They could save hundreds of dollars a year and take you to the fair next year. I want to go now. Oh, I know you do. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college, which ends up making the future better for all of us. My name is Alicia, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Patricia Gagic, author of Karmic Alibi. And the question is, are you ruling your karma or is your karma ruling you? And, of course, in the back of Patricia's book, it is asking the question, what is your karmic alibi? And it it breaks down different questions. Am I holding on to an event in my life that I cannot get over? Am I suffering from this event? Am I holding someone else accountable for that event, whether I understood the circumstances or not? Am I willing to change? And I do like these questions because the more I read these questions, I thought back to the fact of your mother. She didn't let that hold her any longer. She got over that. She stepped over that cement and said, okay, this is it. I'm not going to let these these hooligans who de- tried to destroy my life hold me back any longer. And that's a question for a minute out here, Patricia. A lot of times we let our past hold us down because we've been hurt so badly. We don't want to let it go. But I'm here to tell you, let it go. Let it go. I'm crying out for you through my heart. Please let it go today. Whoever brought harm to you, just pray for them. So help me. They'll get theirs in due time. We We always want vengeance so quickly. But that's not how God works. God don't work like that. Sometimes it takes years before they get their vengeance, but they will get it. Try to let it go today. It's hard, though, Patricia, and I'm, that's why I'm proud of you. You were able to Thank overcome you. a lot of circumstances. You know, that's hard for many people to do. They they, they hold that grudge forever and ever, and that's a, that's a sad way to live. First of all, it gives you so much stress. You're always looking over your shoulder, not being able mm-hmm. to be happy, and the ones who are around you have to suffer because of that. When you when you stood in front of the mirror after something really terrible has happened, all the emotions that surface inside of your mind, they get planted right there. Oh, I hate the three people that hit my mother. Oh, I hate the person who did this. Oh, I, I'm angry about that. And and you almost solidify. I'm permanently now affected because you carry that emotion with you. When you can learn that you can deconstruct your emotions. You can look at them straight in the face. You can you can take your mind to a different place in the future. You can project something better for yourself and you can detach from it. It it frees you. It frees your spirit. It frees your soul to express your actually what you do create there in that moment, you create your own inner wisdom. And and through that, your expression changes, how you speak changes. Maybe you decide to take up a different career. You might decide to be creative, and creativity is a very big vehicle for people to release what's inside of them. The greatest painters, right? Um, oh, singers. Just, like It's just that entire uh, a different vibration that starts to come out and going back to you know on a large scale as far as suffering 
I'm I'm very involved with um, a school and an orphanage and a library in Cambodia, and oh, yes. and, and on a it's in Angkor Wat, right on the sacred grounds where the temples are. And how that came about was through a friend of mine, Kathy Dore, who visited Cambodia, and she happened to walk off the beaten path into the jungle and saw this horrible surroundings and a little sign that said orphanage. And from there, I got connected, and then we did a lot of work there, and I have visited. But on a large scale, when you think about how the world can be destroyed, you know, there's the Khmer Rouge, Pol Pot, who decided to do a complete genocide of, a, of, a, of an entire country. And what that raises for me is cultural sustainability, the folklore that was lost during the time when all the history books were destroyed, when all the elders with all their stories were destroyed. So they're giving birth to a new country, to a new mental world of being able to survive and, and living with a sense of um, a sense of nationality, and but it's being recreated. And you know, we at, at some level have a of a responsibility to say, if on a smaller level, we're doing the very same thing. We have to create a sustainable environment in our families, a sustainable environment in our communities, in order for us to have. A happier life, and that structure, whether it means you're going to church or whether you're going to a sangha or, you know, you're you're going to an ashram or a temple, it doesn't really matter. Once you've made the decision that you want to be on a path for a, for for betterment in your life, you will see the changes in your life, and they don't happen overnight. Absolutely, they don't. You know, unless there's some miracle that you know takes place. But if you keep keep forging away and you're staying on a path, eventually. You know, you are going to you are going to see the difference in yourself, and you'll also cultivate new relationships with the people around you because they're going to see that you're happier. They're going to see that you're less attached to your anger or your frustration. And when you can start forgiving, obviously you have to forgive yourself. You know, there has to be a sense of cleaning or cleansing or transformational work within. And when you start liking your 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 personal self. You really don't care who likes you or not. Right. And, that, you know, that made me think about what you put into your book on page 42 where you said a voice began to speak. Do you wake up every morning believing you have a fortunate life? And that made me think, yes, I do. I have something looking forward to living every day. My children, my husband, just knowing that I can be here for someone else to give them love and joy. The fortunate life, that line is so important because we... It is. Sometimes, you know what, Pete, I have, obviously, I mean, we all have friends who who are, you know, wealthy and rich, and we also have friends who live in, in probably borderline poverty, if not poverty. And there are people who suffer from after they've been in an accident or, or they've had to go through something, and yet they have a fortunate life because they're alive. If there are... You know, if you think of the millions and millions and millions of, you know, um, those little gollywogs, those little sperms and eggs, and, and all of a sudden, out of the millions that don't connect, all of a sudden, one of them connects, and there's a human being. That's a miracle. And in the divine cosmic conscious world, we are absolutely living miracles. I mean, if you imagine how we breathe, how, that we have sight, or, you know, what our senses allow us to do... 
how can we not celebrate that? Look out the window and look at the snow, look at the trees, look at the birds. I know it sounds almost primitive, but in the overcomplicated world of technology, these are still parts of our of our true essence, and we have to use discernment every single day as to whether or not you want to be involved in this world in a good way or a bad way. Go the extra mile for yourself. Go the extra mile for your family. Go the extra mile for your friends. It doesn't take money. It takes it just takes being fully present in the moment without judgment. Loving. It sure does. And listen to what Patricia put first. She said, "Go the extra mile for yourself." Always put yourself first because in order to make somebody else happy, you got to be happy too. That's the only way to do it. But let's take it back a little bit, Patricia, because um, at the age of 25, when you got that job at the bank, your father had passed before just giving that news. And also in the book, you got a chance to say that you never had the chance to speak or see your father. So now have you have you gotten that chance to see and speak to him? Um, my father... My father actually passed away um, on on my literally just right after my 25th birthday. So yeah. I I didn't know in in dreams he's always been my you know he's visited yeah. and my heart has been you know the sadness and the grief at the age of 25 losing a parent. You're just not ready for that, you know. You're even though you're 25 and you should be mature. <laughs> you know, your mummy and daddy is your mummy and daddy, right? And right, uh, right. he was a role model for me. He was my mentor. I was so I was so blessed to have him in my world. And I think that every single day of my life, I am so I'm just so grateful. He's always remembered in my heart every single day. Yeah. And 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 that's what you're supposed to do. I lost my father when I was seven, and I do have Ooh. friends who lose their parents, who have lost their parents recently. But you know, it doesn't matter what age you lose your parent; they're always going to be attached to you somehow and somewhat. So that's what I meant when you, when I was asking you that question, or have you seen them or spoke to them? I was asking like spiritually because sometimes my parents come oh, back yeah. to us. My my father have come back to speak to me, and you know, I think that's what led me up to the point of finding my husband because my father was a Sagittarius. My husband was Sagittarius. Their birthday is in the same day almost. His was on the 10th and my husband on the 14th. I'm like, I think I have found that, even though I, I consider you still my husband, but I think my father sent me, sent you to me. He had his own little mm. slick little way of doing stuff. And I laugh every now and then, Patricia. I say, Daddy, you old <laughs> slick rascal. <laughs> you you had your way of doing things. <laughs> you just had to bring somebody who's almost like you into my life. But you know, I know he's proud uh-huh. of you. He is. Yeah. And you know what? Okay. I, you know what, Patricia? I wanted to say I'm so glad I did get a chance to interview you because um, dealing with the company, I think dealing with the publishers that you're with, I have interviewed so many people who are well known, just like you, John Ritzy Moore. Um, Frank, um, V. Frank, a sorrow. So it's an honor to have a woman like you on here. It is. It was a pleasure. Oh, I'm humbled. Thank you very much. The experiences that we all have create stories that just give us, you know, hopefully wisdoms at the end of the day. That if you're really, really lucky enough and you're brave enough to share, I mean, 
there's this is it. I mean, there are people who go to prison and they turn their lives around and they walk out on the street and are more beloved and have so much so much wisdom to share and can help people. And so I don't really think, you know, maybe all of life is a crime because really and truly there is suffering. We recognize what suffering is and we're and we're attached to so many things that create the suffering. And what we have to believe is that there is the cessation of suffering is available to us. And the only way it will happen is when we recognize that we need to be on a path and we start either connecting to very, you know, spiritual people or we start recognizing that it's within us to make a difference. And when you start connecting yourself with really good people and you start doing the work, you can change. You absolutely can change and you can become a better person. Right. I, I believe that, too. Anybody could change. It might take them years, of course, some mm-hmm. long years dealing with the people I hang around, but eventually <laughs> they they will end up changing. Once <laughs> they persuade themselves. Yeah. Right. And, you know, right. I, I kind of feel sometimes people get exhausted from, from staying in their anger mode. Like, eventually, they just burn out. Like, how long can a person live their whole entire life being angry and, and, and full of hatred? They just can't. They have to come to, there'll be a point where, you know, they're either going to fry their brains, you know, or go through all their addictions or whatever it is that they do for their, to, to release it. But eventually, whether it happens at the moment of their death, who knows, they are going to have to re- come into a state of recognition. And, you know, right. whatever that aha moment is, you, you hope that people all get it because it would be a whole lot nicer for all of us to live in a world where we were all able to be, you know, cohesive and and live with a looking after Mother Gaia, looking after the earth, not ab- abusing her or the nature. Right. Exactly. So, Patricia, let's talk about the five steps to mastering the radical degrees of life that you mentioned in your book as well. I, I started working on Inspired to be Rewired after I attended uh, Craig Deswalt's Rockstar Marketing Boot Camp um, for Entrepreneurs. And I came out saying to myself, what are the things in mastering life? And I I said, these are radical degrees, and they are risk, root, remedy, realization, and reality. So when you... Everything that we do really is a risk. We we wake up in the morning, and it's a risk getting out of the house if you have to jump in your car. And it's a risk at decisions that you make during the day. Everything in the world, really, there's a risk attached to it. You you gamble, or you gamble on a thought, you gamble on an action, you're in a business transaction, and you say, you know, I'm going to have to, what is the merit of this risk? Is it is it going to be that I'm going to lose something? The stock market's very risky. I mean, a lot of different things that we do. So for me, the basis of it, I had to say, you know, there's risk. And then the root. So what's the root cause of that? Where, where are you coming from with um your choice is the root coming from your ego that you know i don't really care what the, what the outcome is but i have to make sure that i look really good i have to make sure that people think i'm smart i have to make sure that these things are you know or is it that the root is so deep seated because you know there are people who have been abused there are people who have been abusers um circumstances so what is your root and, and what are the root causes of that and then i believe there's remedies 
And these remedies are when we come to places where we look for help within, whether it's in books or we do transformative work, we do applied mindfulness, we go to church, we, we, we find um, groups of people. We go, to, we go to a place where you just tap on the shoulder of one person and say, you know, I really do need somebody to talk to. Would you be willing to talk to me? And, and that happens. So the remedies are there. Uh, in many, many ways, and I believe strongly in prayer and meditation. That is, for me, there is no other way. It is your divine red string. It is your golden light. It's the blue flame. It doesn't matter what you call it. There is a source of light, and we are all part of it. There's yes, realization. Yes, yeah, so risk group, remedy, and then realization. The realizations are your aha moments, those synchronicities, like your 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 husband and your father both being Sag. My husband's Sag, by the way. <laughs> so it's, yeah, um, those, those synchronicities that you recognize. So there's a realization at the same time that, uh, you know, maybe if I do a little bit of work on myself or maybe if I change my attitude or, or I dig into some of the programs that are available to me, and maybe it's just being creative. Whatever the whatever the outcome is, those realizations can become really solidified and become your new beliefs. And I think when you when you attach yourself to a new belief, you start changing, firing the neurons inside your brain, and those markers are all going to connect to new experiences and not be triggered by the old experiences. And then reality. My final outcome is. How do you want to live your life? How do you want to live your fortunate life? And are you prepared to do the homework to move forward? And that might mean, you know, looking at the excuses that you've made and saying these are these no longer exist. I absolutely do not need to make an excuse. And you're you're so blessed so many ways, you know, with a radio show that you reach out to so many people with, you know, the the intentions of wanting to bring a higher level of consciousness to the world. So, Technisha, you know, your Thanksgiving, when you mentioned about New Year's, it's like making a new resolution for your life, for yourself. That's that's really what, be thankful in every single second of your life that you have this opportunity, but don't waste it, right? Don't waste it. Do something good, whether, and your circumstances are are already divinely appointed to you. So if you've got, you know, people around you who are invalid and you need to care for them or you have an opportunity to to really fuel something um, that would change a person's life and it might mean you may not get what you want, that's okay too. That's that's part of your ability to become in service to humanity. That's reciprocal. It is. It's very powerful. And I want to go back on to that fat meditation and just getting to one-on-one with yourself is very good. Of course, you know, audience, listeners, I have had people on here talk about meditation. You can archive some of those if you want to listen to more of those and get a recap. Um, but, Patricia, what is what do you feel once you've accomplished a goal in your life? Because you accomplished so much. I mean, this, Patricia, you got it going on. You have done so much and nothing, nothing has gotten in your way. It, every, sing, every single decision I had to make, I knew it could have uh, a positive outcome or it could have a negative outcome. And I had yeah. to really believe that even though I had things happen to me that were the wrong decisions and, and I was I was in the moment disappointed by people's reactions to things or I was 
I was hurt because, you know, not only do the words hurt, but the actions that a person can take against you can hurt. And I had to stand there and say, but my God, my entire angelic sphere of my energy believes that I'm protected and that that's just now happened and it's over and I have to I have to say okay that happened and it was a lesson learned and I have to move away from it now I want to stay in my pure mind and through meditation that does happen where you can take yourself into that divine space where you can go back to being who you were perfectly when you feel yourself in your highest and best good and that's, yeah. that's you know it's it's not always the easiest thing to do obviously but I think that that's where we can make our better choices. Right. Totally. So yeah. what's the message you want readers to get from your book? The book is about them. This book is going to speak to them. They're going to be able to read my my experience and reflect back on the emotion that is being revealed, and that will trigger an emotion, I believe, inside of them because I bring so many different experiences that I've had, and I know, I don't even cover half of them in this book. But it will enlighten them to feel the power that they have inside of themselves to to make changes and or take action, recognize that this is something that you know is part of their availability, and maybe start creating some initiations of. Um, transformation and and there are solutions. This is this is the most beautiful part about our life. Not everybody can read the same book the same way and feel they walk away getting a message, but there's going to be a lot of people that are going to relate to some of the experiences and find the joy that I found afterwards. And I feel that will be an inspiration for them. It's a call to action for them to say, I, I want to be that too. I want to know there's no limitations. I just didn't feel that anybody in my life could ever limit me no matter what was happening i just moved to the next thing set myself a new goal and i would have an image of of what i wanted to project to see and even though i struggled unbelievably struggled throughout this whole lifetime i'm still right i'm still serving yes well, I, I think that's all part of life, and I believe that this book will also help people who have trouble in forgiving, because that's what yeah. it's all about. Also, giving, and if you if you don't understand it, you can also refer back to your Bible, Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter two, verse ten through eleven, and Ephesians chapter four, verses twenty six through twenty seven, where that tells us not to let the sun go down on our anger or give the devil any such foothold or opportunity. Remember that the devil must have a foothold before he can get a stronghold. Do not help Satan torture you. Be quick to forgive. So, Patricia, tell us, where can we find you and your book? Thank you. I am available on Amazon. The publisher of the book, who is just an amazing, amazing woman, is Betty Young's. Uh, B-E-T-T-I-E-Y-O-U-N-G-S, so BettyYoungsBooks.com. And that link will take you to Amazon. It's available on Kindle. It is also available through uh, the the large uh, stores. And uh, my my website is just being revamped, but um, www.inspiredtoberewired.com. 
So I'll be having uh, information there posted regularly, and I'm starting to do a new series, which I'm calling Mastering Life's Transitions. And included in that will be some of the modalities that I do, which is the meditation, the um, transformative uh, meditation work. Also, I'm a feng shui consultant, so I'm I'm looking forward to doing some feng shui work uh, for people who want to change and increase the the flow of uh, energy and health and wealth within their landform, within their homes and businesses. And I have a fiction series that I'm starting to work on. I've been working on for 15 years, but I am getting close to launching that. And it will be also available once I um, complete the new website. Well, so Patricia, I'm, thank you. Yes. Oh, go ahead, Patricia. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and if anyone is interested in sending an email uh, to me, they can just write me at patgeigich at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions um, if anyone wanted to, you know, reach out and felt that they they needed a a help, a helping hand at some point. Well, Patricia, thank you for this moment. Um, Patricia is part of Betty Young's publishing company. One of her books is out here, Karmic Alibi, Gaining Expedia Wisdom by Leaving Your Excuses Behind. Please get it. This will make a great Christmas gift. This is a great New Year's resolution to start over. Get all that baggage off of you, the filthiness, the unforgiving off of you. This is a great start for anyone out there who's listening. If you came in short on the deal, please, you can always archive the show. Patricia, once again, so much love and blessings to you and your family. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to you. Thank you so much, Technicia. Lots of love to you. Many blessings. And thank you. I really have appreciated this wonderful uh, time to talk with you. And I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and Christmas. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, And my friends and family, to all the truth for the day is maintain an attitude of peace and tranquility by focusing on all the pleasures of home, family, and friends. A relaxed attitude can help you stay close to the people you care about today. Forget worries or stresses. Spend quality time in the company of family and or friends. During this time, you can truly relax and be yourself. Remember, you choose how to spend your time and you choose how to respond to situations around you. Do not allow these precious moments with family to pass by unnoticed. Be grateful for every opportunity today. Maintain an attitude of peace and tranquility, being aware of the pleasures of home and family. Enjoy the day and have a happy Thanksgiving from the bright side with Technicia. I am very grateful to all of you who hear this out today from the truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen. So God bless all of you. Enjoy yourself and make sure you have plenty of turkey and macaroni and cheese. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.